defends from dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyf, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the SC Playbook podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. The podcast is presented by Brett Oaten Solicitors. Joining me today is 2019 NRL Supercoach runner-up, Walson Carlos. Walson, how are you, mate? I'm pretty good, Timmy. Yeah, how are you holding up, mate? You're in the in the uh, box seat there waiting for the last round. Mate, I'm not too bad. I um, Yeah, in, into second place overall, so... When the, when the scores were unlocked, when Supercoach was unlocked on Monday morning, I was pretty nervous um, for the rest of the day. But then I sort of calmed down and then I was nervous today coming into the team list just because what was expected there. And um, without getting greedy, they've worked out probably well as, as, could have, as much as I could have asked for. So I'm not too bad, mate. Um, and also joining us is the Supercoach Spy. Spy, how are you, mate? Timmy Williams, mate, I'm buzzing. Tell you what, I um, ever since you jumped into second yesterday, I've for the first time in my life totally forgotten about my own Supercoach side, which is very unusual. But what an exciting weekend ahead. Team lists are out now, so we know a bit what we're dealing with. Um, as well as that, your brother Sammy's been named captain of the Raiders this weekend. Um, I've had a bit to do with him, so that's it's a big day for you, mate. It's a big week and, and exciting stuff all around. Um, let's not talk about my side too much because, once again, I didn't have Zach Lomax and he punched out 120. I swear to God, that bloke's killed me all year. So shouldn't have traded him, should I? On to bigger and better things next year. But let's get you home first, mate. Mate, we'll do our best. There's a few of us to get through it, so we'll do our best. Um, guys, I did just want to jump in and say before we got into the swing of things that there'll be one more podcast next week where we'll wrap everything up for the year, do a bit of a review on our own sides, how we've gone, our best and worst trades, you know, maybe do a few awards or something like that. Bit of a fun one to finish it up. Uh, in case you don't tune into that, I just wanted to say thanks for tuning in for the season to the podcast, um, for helping me out with the launch of SC Playbook and everything and, and jumping in on the articles and com- commenting and interacting and just all the feedback you've given me. It's been an absolute blast for us. So, yeah, if you don't get on um, on board uh, the next podcast and aren't listening to that one, a massive thank you and everyone for all the shout-outs uh, now that I'm up in number two with a bit of a sniff and a bit of money as well. So I really appreciate that. Uh, we do have a stack of Big Bash stuff coming for the preseason there leading into the Big Bash tournament if you're into that. Otherwise, we'll see you next year. So thank you very much. Guys, the podcast is presented by Brett Oaten. It's a law firm specialising in the entertainment, media, and tech industries. If you need intellectual property, contract, or other business advice, visit brettoaten.com.au. You can contact Brett anytime to find out more about his firm's services or his miraculous Supercats draft victory last week, which is a bloody good story and it's worth a yarn. So a big thanks to Brett also for his support this season. Guys, we're going to jump into a quick little topic for, for the day before we go into the team's analysis, which is a fair bit to go through there. But basically, the Spies dead set buzzing more than I am about this week coming up. So he had a really good look into last night, the, uh, the potential for guys to get rested over the weekend. We know there's a lot of big squads there that um, a lot of key supercoach players are very iffy. And with a lot of teams having less than 17 already, we can't really afford it. Um, Spy, what did you find, mate? Yeah, mate, I am buzzing. Um, as you know, I love my footy. And then when you've come into second, I, I'm just like 
grand final weeks upon us. I've jumped on board your side. Call me an assistant coach. I've put that on my title, something, anything. <laughs> um, but, mate, as you said, there's a few sides that will be pretty short for numbers this week. And I wanted to have a look at what potential late outs could impact people. Um, we obviously know a lot more now that team lists are done. But if you have a look at Friday night, the Knights need to, to win against the Titans, and that's no easy matchup to secure a home final. We know how much better the Knights are at home up at uh, Marathon Stadium up there. So you'd expect those guys to to play pretty reasonable minutes in a tight tight clash. Blokes like Clemmer, who's probably the main one there, and obviously Ponga, to a lesser degree, he's in the back, so he's less likely to be rested potentially. But on the on the flip side to that, if the Knights do get away or they happen to get hammered and the scoreline's done with 30 to go, it wouldn't shock me to see blokes like Clamour come off the field. So something to watch there. Obviously, there's not much you can do about that, and you're not going to not play Clamour, especially given numbers. So just something to be wary of, and it'll be a nervous watch for owners for that match. And straight after that one is the Bunnies against the Roosters. Um if the Knights do win, they'll lock up that home semi-final and they'll play the Rabbits the next week. So with that with that in mind, once the Rabbits game gets going, say the Knights have already dusted up the Titans, Wayne Bennett will know that next week he's playing the Knights up at, up at Newcastle. So will he play his best guys 80 minutes? Blokes like Cook, Murray, Cody Walker, Reynolds. Obviously, you can't rest them all, but it's something to bear in mind again if you do have the luxury of picking sides that – that could be could be some resting time for those sort of guys, unless he really wants to get a big hit out against the Roosters into him from there. Um, there's another similar situation on the Saturday. Uh, the Raiders, if they win, then they will actually jump the Eels into fourth spot, which is massive. Um, which means if they win, the Eels will absolutely have to win against the Tigers to secure that top four position, which means you'd expect a proper display from those guys, big minutes. Same goes if they do blow out the Tigers, maybe there's some early spells. But on the flip side, if the Raiders do do lose, and they've got a pretty inexperienced side this week, it'll mean Parramatta will start that match knowing they've got fourth rocked uh, sorry, locked up, and the same thing will happen. They could rest guys like Madison, Brown, uh, Junior Polo, these types of lads early um, because the essentially the result won't matter too much, uh, especially in the top four debate. And the big one, which we'll get to later, is Penrith. They've got an extended bench. I'll leave it for now, but just make sure whatever you do, check the final team list at 2 o'clock on Saturday because anything could happen for mine. And I'm having a little look at sports bet just to keep an eye on. I always sense the bookies know more than most people because that's how they make their money. And the dogs are only paying four fifty after paying $10 yesterday afternoon. So that suggests to me there's a few more outs coming. That's certainly not a fact, but that's sort of what my punting intu- intuition tells me. So that's a little wrap there for you, ladies and gents. Yeah, good summary, mate. There's so much to keep an eye out for over the weekend. I mean, particularly when you're looking at uh, things like VC loopholes, you know, AE emergencies. I mean, things that I'm looking at are, you know, Jazz Tavanga's in a got a bit of a HIA doubt in his game. If he's out, to someone like Tom Ayle come into the squad? You know, Ben Chaboyevich could come could come into the 17 at Manly and be an AE nightmare there. Um, you know, you nailed it on the head. All these blokes who could get lesser minutes based on results. So really, really important stuff to look out for over the weekend. And I think the, the Spies nailed the main, main ones we need to look out for. Let's get into the team's wrap for the week, starting with the Queensland Derby at Suncorp Stadium. It's the Broncos versus the Cowboys, 7.50 p.m. The Bronx trying to get off the wooden spoon. Up there, it'll be Katoni Staggs at 5.8 again this week after making the shift there early in the game last week. 
Tyson Gamble drops out after his head knock. Jesse Arthurs comes in at centre. Payne Hash returns after a week off with personal leave, bumping Ben Teo to the bench and Ethan Bullymore to the reserves. Xavier Coates starts on the wing with Corey Oates reverting to the interchange. Jordan Ricky returns from suspension in the back row with David Fafita out injured. At the Cowboys, Josh McGuire returns from suspension at prop with big Jason Tiamalolo starting at lock. Corey Jensen and Francis Mola revert to the interchange alongside the returning John Asiata with Emre Perrier and Ben Condon dropping out. Gavin Cooper's again been named to start for Tom Gilbert despite playing last week from the bench. Uh, whilst I'll start with you as our resident Queenslander, mate, what are your thoughts on this one and any sort of major supercoach implications you can see? Oh, it's a bit of the who cares cup, Timmy, I think, <laughs> which you don't mate, see much about with uh, Bron- Broncos Cowboys. So can you hear me, boys? Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just I just don't think it's got a lot of interest up here because um, obviously um, – yeah, both teams are going really, really ordinary. But I guess the Bronx, you know, possibly could come last. So uh, it's a big game for them. Um, again, fielding a really ordinary side. Payne Haas makes a bit of a difference for them. I think Payne Haas is a possible VC or captain opportunity, um, probably a safe captain opportunity. You get it out of the way early. He's going to play his 80 minutes barring injury. Um Obviously, the big one for you, Timmy, and your side is um, Stags. So he's he's definitely a pod. I don't know if anyone else in the top ten has him. Um, obviously, it's not ideal him playing five eight. But in saying that, he's going to rack up a fair few base stats in tackles, and he'll also, you know, he's got the ball in his hands. So he looked okay when he went to five eight. I thought, and hopefully, he just plays as a running five eight. Um, maybe Boyd gets in there a bit and he gets it a little bit outside of him as well. So um, I thought he looked okay. And um, I think against a really flimsy Cowboys defence, um, that's my key point of interest for this game. Yeah, I think you're right, mate. Obviously watched Stags with a lot of intent last week and he looked good at 5'8". And, and I, initially I was sort of thinking, oh, you know, maybe a few less um, decent attacking opportunities for him. But I'm looking at it now and I think you'll probably have Scott Drinkwater opposite him who's arguably the worst half defender in the competition. Um, and you look at Stags going one-on-one with him, which is pretty enticing. I'm also intrigued to see if he's given a little bit of a license to roam the field and, and play outside Tom Dearden as a more traditional 5'8", which Stags obviously is because he's not a traditional half. Um, and as you said, the amount of talent that Stags has, just with his ball, with ball in hand, which will happen far more often, who knows what's going to happen. He should make another sort of 5'10 tackles there. So, you know, Stags is the big one for me. Hey, Spy, I'll get your thoughts. And probably the main one is for a lot of people, uh, Payne Haas has obviously got to be a pretty popular vice-captain choice. What score would you be looking at from Haas this week, provided you had a free shot at it and you didn't have to worry about AEs to take that VC loophole? Look, if you've got an absolute free shot at it, um, obviously depends on your circumstances. If you're playing in a head-to-head grand final, then you really need to see what your opponent's doing and what sort of points you need. Um, but anything over 80 is pretty nice. If you know you can lock it in and you're not taking the auto emergencies, that's pretty bloody good. And Haas could easily do that on Suncorp Stadium. And, I mean, the fact they need to avoid the spoon, they'll be desperate for that. They don't want that tag on them. And if they can get away with not getting the spoon after the year they've had, they'll probably take that as a win. Uh, But I think 80 plus, and the beauty of the VC is on a Thursday, you can lock in that 80 
and depending how your, your side's looking, you might be able to captain someone later on in the weekend if you need to from a head-to-head perspective if you need to try and beat your opponent. Um, Overall-wise, if you get 80 or 90 out of harsh, you lock it in for sure, especially given some doubts around Penrith's game time, um, unless you want to have a crack at Teddy, of course, or Ponga. But, yeah, 80 on, 80's, 80's probably fine, mate, in short. Yeah, nice, mate. Moving on to the Titans and Knights on Friday at 6pm at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast. At the Titans, Brian Kelly returns at centre with Tremaine Spry shifting to the wing and Corey Thompson dropped. At the Knights, winger Eddie Lee and centre Bradman Best return to the back line with Star, Toa and Gurmat Shibasaki dropping out. Kurt Mann returns from suspension at hooker, bumping Chris Randall to the pine and Phoenix Crossland out. Sione Matauti starts in the back row with Lachlan Fitzgibbon injured and Brody Jones called up on the interchange. Um, whilst, what are your thoughts here? And I mean, if we're trying to narrow it down to sort of super coach specifics, I, I suppose Caelan Ponga, is he a, a captaincy option for you? And then what are your thoughts on the minutes of the likes of David Clemmer, Daniel Saifidi and Mitch Barnett? Uh, yeah, I think Ponga probably is the captain option. I mean, they play a fairly sort of open type of game, the Gold Coast Titans. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm a bit off like, you know, pl- uh, players playing against the Titans because they're just very unpredictable. I don't, you don't really know what's going to happen. Now, the Knights should go out and get the get the win on paper, but the Titans have been playing playing really well the last four weeks, and um, I wouldn't say their defense is great, but I'd say they scramble and they they've done enough, um, and they they probably challenge teams um, a lot in attack, um, which. Uh, takes a bit of heat away from their defence, if that makes sense. They like a lot of ball in play, playing really quick, shifting the ball from side to side. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's actually pretty good to watch, um, the Titans. They, they score a lot of tries from their own half, which is, you know, it's exciting for next year with all the players they've got coming. But, yeah, I, I don't think I would captain Callum Ponga, Timmy. I, I think, you know, if you wanted to have a flyer at him, maybe VC him. There'll be a lot of teams that will struggle to get the 17 players this week. I think Spy touched on that. And, um, you know, and there'll be a lot of teams that are sitting with um, maybe 18, 19 players. So the VC loophole is a very, very uh, pertinent tactic this this weekend. Um, I guess Clemmer, um, for a few people, Daniel Saifidi, I think you're, you're looking like playing Saifidi, Timmy, this weekend. I will indeed be, mate, yep. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he was really good for you with that soft try he got um, on the weekend. But I, I like um, Saifidi. I think he's, he's, he still looked a little bit lame, but um, they must they must be confident that he just needs some run in the legs because they've they kept him out there and that. So I think Saifidi and Mitch Barnett and uh, to a lesser degree, Clemmer are all good plays this weekend. Yeah, nice, mate. Um, you touched on the Titans there. Just They're playing with so much faith at the moment. You've got to give Justin Holbrook a fair bit of credit because he came in this year uh, with big raps coming over from the Super League, massive success over there. Things started pretty slowly for him, um, and you know, sort of people were maybe questioning him a little bit despite the fact that he obviously inherited a squad. It's not a squad that he chose, but the way he's got the Titans playing now, still with injuries in their squad, um, he's just got them firing. They're playing with so much belief. As you said, they're using the ball from their own half. They're playing such enterprising footy um they've become one of the better teams in the competition to watch i'm so stoked for them so you know you throw in for Sue malawi and for feeder there next year um they could be a really exciting team going forward spy what have you got for us 
Yeah, it's an interesting point on Ponga, lads. He, um, the last two weeks of footy, he's got his his hands on the ball a lot. He's running quite well. Um, it's a little bit scary captaining him this year because he has been a little bit inconsistent. He's had three scores over 150. He's had a couple under 40. He even had one under 20, one day at Brookvale Oval. So that sort of puts a sour taste in your mouth. But if you need to take a flyer on someone, then he's probably your man because you know what he can do. Uh, Bradman Best is back, so hopefully he keeps getting more touches on that left, left edge. I think if they're going to do any sort of damage in the finals, those two need to start linking up. Um, but VC sounds like a really nice pie on Ponga um, if you want to have a crack at him. And if you want a straight-out skipper him if you need to, then I'm not against it, but it could be a little bit of a ner- nervous watch depending how the Titans turn up. Just quickly on Clemmer, lads, um, he's put the offload up offload away of late i don't think by design but obviously teams are wrapping up pretty well and it's led to a few scores around the late 50s early 60s mark rather than those 70 to 75 so that can all all become important and whether the the titans can lock him up again i'm not sure but that's just something to note um, Kurt Mann back and pushing Chris Randall to a bench and Brody Jones, who's a back rower, means there's only two middle forwards on the bench at this stage, so that's probably good for Clemmer and Daniel Saifidi. Uh, but the Knights' rotation is always an interesting one. But, yeah, looking forward to this game. It should be a, a reasonable game of footy, hopefully with some points in it. Just one thing, yeah. boys, um, like uh, oh, oh, there's a lot of players that probably won't um, you know, super coach players that are that'll be sort of finished up for the year, and there might be a few people still listening, listening in, probably you know to see how the Kerm Stallions going to go. I'd say you know because there's a lot of supporters out there, and hopefully they can get into that first place position. But um, I just I've just found myself thinking, you know, Jai Arrow. I mean, like, has he regressed or uh, as a player? I mean, like, he's on 800k a year next year for Sydney. Mm. I mean, let's let okay. As an NRL player, I don't think he's going to give that sort of value to South. And also, as a super coach player, I, I can't trust him because he's always getting injured. He's become the new Dugan for me. Yeah, I'd be scared to start him next year, that's for sure. He's um, I've started him with the last two years, Wells, and again, those injuries, they just wreak havoc. It's almost like the first game of every year, he gets managed. He was crooked this year for 20 minutes, then he did a back three weeks in. Obviously, that probably is impacting his NRL as well. So you'd love to see him get healthy and maybe grow into his body a bit more because um, he seems like a genuine bloke and, gee, can play when he's on. But it's a it's a very valid question, mate. Moving on to the Rabbitohs and Roosters, 7.55 p.m. at ANZ Stadium on Friday night. A massive, massive super coach uh, game for the mighty Kuma Stallions. At the Rabbitohs, Dane Gagai, Walsh's favourite boy, returns from suspension in place of Stephen Masters at centre. Jed Cartwright starts for the suspended Jaden Sewer in the back row with Pat Margo called up on the bench. Absolutely stoked to see Stephen Masters get hooked instead of Jackson Paulo because I own Jackson Paulo, so it gives me a few options to play with this week. At the Roosters, Jimmy Tedesco, Jake Friend and Boyd Cordner, NCOC while Takiaho all return. Joey Manu, Lindsay Collins, Isaac Liu all get a rest. Freddie Lassie drops to the reserves. Angus Crichton switches to Locke and Lachlan Lamb replaces Drew Hutchinson on the bench. Um, well, so I guess I'll get your thoughts here, mate. And I suppose um, one for a few people who took a flyer on Angus Crichton being named at lock is an interesting point. Um, there's a bunch of – a lot of people sold James Tedesco last week for Tommy Trebojevic. Uh, so there's a fair few talking points here. And I suppose can my trio of Cam Murray, Cody Walker and Damian Cook, can they score well against the Roosters or not? Uh, I think they can score fair. Um, I, I think the biggest – 
the one who'll take the biggest hits probably Cody Walker. But in saying that, if they're going to get points, it's going to be on that left edge. You know, they're people on that left edge. But it'll be interesting to see how well um, the Roosters' defence can come up against it. Um, so obviously that'll be Mitch Orbison in the centres, so which would test them a bit. Um, Mitch Orbison and Brett Morris, but Brett Morris has usually got pretty good reads. So um, it's an interesting game. It's interesting from a Supercoach point of view whether the Rabbitohs even trot out their best side. Um, looking at the extended bench, they've got Troy Dargan there. Um, they've got an outside back in Corey Dennis. Jack Johns is a is a second rower and, you know, Tavita Tadola, well, he's been threatening to come into the side for a number of weeks and he'll he'll probably strengthen them. So they won't take any risks with him, I wouldn't think. But um, I guess it just, just depends on what happens before them, uh, like the spy was saying, as to whether they'll play their players. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they – well, they're not going to rest Cook because there's no one on the bench that can really play for him. And I, I don't think they'd rest Murray, but they might. They might rest Cody Wolf. He got a bit of a lower limb injury um, last week. I know you don't want to hear that, Timmy, but are you, are you worried at all that they might rest Cody Walker? Yeah, mate, I am. Um, he's been – he's had niggles the last few weeks and he, he's gone down at times and he's ended up finishing the game and looking quite good, to be fair. But, I mean, it, I have so much vested interest into this game and I'm just looking at it thinking, A, I need the Titans – to hopefully beat the Knights, but you know at least put up that fight until half time, which is the point where uh, Wayne Bennett will have to name his final team. I don't know if Bennett's going to be looking at it that closely. He may, he may not. But um, you know, if the Titans did go on and lose that game, and it ruled the Rabbitohs out of a home semi final, um, you'd think all these guys would have to be a big chance at a huge rest. Um, as you said, the cards have fallen in my favour to a degree in that there's no. It doesn't look like there's a backup hooker to Damian Cook, so he should be all right. Jaden Sewer is out suspended, so they need that other back rower in Cam Murray. Um, I just, I really don't know which way Bennett's going to go with it all. But yeah, the one that does worry me is Cody Walker. Um, but you know that it also could potentially play into my hands in terms of the VC loophole. But I'm, I'm really intrigued in this game. The Bunnies attack in the in the opposition red zone this year. The, the you know the 20 minutes meters to the try line, particularly mm. the last month has just been ruthless like I've been so impressed I'd like to see the amount of opportunities they've had and the amount they've converted because they haven't been winning the field possession battle a lot of the time but when they do they're just making teams pay can they do it to the roosters I don't know we're about to find out how good they are Spy what do you got? Yeah on Cody Walker mate it's probably the upside for you is that Many, many teams uh, up top and everywhere own Cam Munster at 5'8 there and don't really have any backup. So the fact you've got Cody playing at all is obviously a huge win. So if he could even knock out 40 or 54, you'd have to take that and be pretty happy with it. Yeah. Anything above that, then obviously, mate, it should be a big night if you can knock out 100 plus versus the Roosters. But, um, you know, he's in good form. He's playing good footy. Obviously, it's a tougher lineup, but. As well as that, the Roosters will have an eye on the grand final. So hopefully they're not in absolute prime defensive uh, positioning this week and they'll look to lift from next week. But it'll be exciting. Watch Cody. I think Damian Cook and Murray will get through their work as they normally do, pending them playing their allotment of minutes. So probably not too worried there. And, you know, hopefully the, the returning Chooks might be lacking a little bit of match fitness for some of them and could just have a few crinkles in there they can cut through, mate. Spy, uh, as I mentioned before, a fair few people sold Tedesco to Tommy Turbo last week. A lot won't have a trade to go back. So Teddy's, I mean, probably somewhat of a pod to a degree skipper option. Where does he sit in your skipper order this week? 
pretty high up, mate. Um, I really don't rate the Bunnies' defence that highly. It's okay, but they're pretty flaky at times. Um, and with that Roosters lineup, uh, their attack should be pretty on song, and I'd be pretty happy to captain Teddy if you had him, that's for sure. Um, if you do have the option to VC him um, without copying an auto-emergency, maybe you do that. You can just check what he gets and throw the skipper on someone later in the week if you've got that opportunity. But, mate, he's got to be pretty high up the pecking order, I think. That's for sure. Yep. Moving on to the Bulldogs v Panthers, Saturday 3pm at ANZ Stadium. Keep a very, very close eye on late team this year, as everyone will be. If you do have any trades and they're um, revolving around or anyone later in the round, do it as late as you can um, because we'll have to find out what happens at the Panthers. At the Dogs, there is no changes in their side after the drought-breaking win over the Bunnies last week. At the Panthers, however, Dylan Edwards, Viliami Kikau, Stephen Crichton have been rested. Charlie Staines will play fullback. Tyrone May... Kurt Capel in the second row. James Tamu returns at prop. And Appy Coruscant hooker. Moses Leota drops to the bench. Mitch Kenny to the reserves. Matt Burton is a big inclusion on the bench alongside Zane Tedavano with Jack Hetherington dropping out. Whilst let's not worry about the dogs. At the Panthers, do you have any idea how you see this playing out? Oh, I think I think you've got to go on what they've done in the past. I think they'll play a fairly straight bat with this one. Timmy, I didn't. Ex- I did expect Mansour might get a rest, um, but they haven't gone that way. Um, you know, he's played all season. He, he is playing wing. To be fair, they, they've given Young Crichton a rest, which is um, which makes sense. You know, he's a young player and he's been up for a long time. So um, I think that's a good resting. It, it does surprise me somewhat that they haven't rested. Yeah, obviously Mansour, Luau, Nathan Cleary, and. Um, and given those other players a run, I know Burton had a run earlier in the year, but it was a long, long time ago. Um, I guess he's coming off the bench and every possibility he plays a full half, like someone goes out there and, and plays half a game, whether it be Luau or um, Cleary, and then and then comes off for the second half. So um, it probably reeks a little bit of that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's I, I, I just... Played on face value that that's the side that he's named is going to play as is. Um, otherwise, like what if what has he got to prove? They're playing the Bulldogs. I mean, you know, well, if you weren't going to play him, why would you name him? I don't, I don't understand why he'd be playing Ducks and Drakes. They've won the minor premiership. If he was going to start with Burton, he would have just named Burton. That that's my opinion, but I, I could be totally wrong. Um, but he, there's nothing to be. There's nothing to be gained by playing ducks and drakes with the starting side and things like that. So, um, I, I think I think though, yeah, like I said before, Luau or Cleary are, are a massive chance of getting 40 minutes and then getting hooked for the second 40. But everyone's in the same position there. Most people have got clear. Well, everyone's got Cleary up and around you, Timmy, or else they wouldn't be there. And I don't know how many have got Luau in the top 10. Do you know? Uh, no, nah, bugger all. So okay. I, yeah. I have a decision to make whether I play him or not. But, I mean, look, the, the way the numbers are, I think I'll probably be forced into it anyway. So, mm. um, yeah, it'll be interesting. But I will just correct myself. I'm reading the teams from NRL.com, which said Charlie Staines at fullback. But looking at the team, it's got Dane Laurie there, not Charlie Staines. Staines did his ha- hammy last week. so um, Yeah, that's Dane Laurie's an interesting one, eh? Because uh, there might be a few teams that have got him as – Oh, True enough so and and he's a pretty good one like if they've got him in the front row they've nuffed someone out in the front row because he's 
for some reason someone stuffed up super coach and he's a dual fullback front row. Um, he's a pretty handy play in a game like this, I reckon. Mate, they they oh, that's a great point because they they stuffed him up with the old Dane Laurie who was at the Panthers, who was a, a front rower who could play in the backs, um, and yeah, now there's this, this dual wing centre front row who's now playing fullback for the best attacking side in the NRL against the Bulldogs who leak points for fun. Mate, imagine if Dane Laurie sunk my Supercoach hopes. That'd be just an absolute savage one. But yeah, it's a really good point. Um, Spy, what's your take on all this? There's a lot going on at Penrith. Yeah, honestly, boys, anything could happen. I do agree with Wilson's logic there in relation to why would you play Ducks and Drakes. But in saying that, he maybe he hasn't decided yet. Maybe he'll make a call closer to kick off what he wants to do with the team. So he's just named a squad to then decide later on. But if you have a look at the bench, you've got bikes like Billy Burns, who's a back rower. Maybe he rests someone like Isaiah Yo. And I'm not not meaning to scare people here. I'm just looking at relevant super coach guys that could potentially get rested late in late on. Matty Burton is the big one, obviously. Do you want your backup half playing 40 minutes in three months leading into NRL finals? What if something happens to one of the boys during the week or in the first half of this match? The only other thing I could think of is Tyrone May is actually next in line. He's a very good footballer, obviously highly thought of because they play him out of position and just get him in 17 or the 13. So maybe he's coming in if there was an injury to Cleary or Luai, which would make a bit of sense as to why Burton's on the bench. But you'd have to expect Burton to get You'd expect 40 minutes, wouldn't you, Wilson, Tim? I mean, sort of he's there. Yeah. It's the match where I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen and you never know what coaches are thinking, but why wouldn't you give him at least 40 minutes just to make sure he's ready to go if called upon in finals? Who he comes on for, who knows? But the big one for me is you want to be pretty careful of Captain in Cleary. He seems like an obvious candidate, but, geez, if he plays 40 minutes and he's sitting on 23 points, that could ruin your whole season. So on the flip side, if he plays 80, you could score 160. So you've got a big call there to make, that's for sure. Well, Spy, tell me this. What do you make of – what do you buy into the idea of the Dalian medal hunt for him? Um, how big is that going to be? Because the way I see it, you know, if they wanted to rest him – the fact that they've played him suggests to me maybe that, you know, they do have an eye between him and the old boy on the, on the Dalian medal, which also suggests maybe Luai is the one to get that break instead of Cleary. What do you reckon? Potentially. I'll, I'll give you something. It really annoys me that because you're there to win a title. You win- the whole club matters. An individual chasing three Dalian points shouldn't matter. I get that it's a big deal, but Cleary is going to have his chances. And at the end of the day, getting your backup half quality minutes has to mean more in the long run than maybe or maybe not winning a Dalian based on a, a few minutes of the last match of the year. That's my thoughts. But in saying that, I could be wrong and maybe they look at it differently, which means Cleary does play the full 80 and it locks him in for that potential Dalian medal. But yeah, it annoys me a bit that if that is the thinking because – as I said, surely your team comes first and the search for the grand final glory is all you're looking at. That's what, that's what I'd be thinking. That's my approach. Yeah, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked, um, Spy and Timmy, you know, if that was the case. I mean, it just seems really selfish um, and it's probably a reason, if if it is the case, like it'd probably be a reason why towards Panthers not winning the comp um, because you look at the sides that are experienced, that have been there the last few years, like, you know, your Canberra, your Roosters um, and, and your Storm, and, and they, are, rested, they are, are resting a lot of players. You know, the Roosters have done it a different way. They've rested certain players on certain weeks over the last four or five weeks, so they've done it slowly. The Storm are basically playing a grade side this week. 
And, um, you know, so, so the teams have gone different ways of, about doing it. But Canberra, they're, they're basically playing it. We'll get, we'll get to that soon, but they're basically – you can't even recognise them really. So um, I think those sides are, the, are – yeah, to me, when I see that, I go, yeah, they're genuine contenders. With Penrith, they're young and they're probably naive because they've just come into the, the, this position – could they make a run and go undefeated throughout the year? Yeah, of course they could. But I tend to lean towards the more experienced teams. That's it, mate. Got us butting quickly, boys. Josh Mansell is another one that could be in rest candidate just because Dean Vare is on the bench. Um, so very easily Vare could come in um, and partner Brent, Brent Naden on that edge. So something to watch out for if you're Mansell <laughs> owner there. Yeah, Mantle was one that really shocked me. I thought he would definitely be getting rested this week. You know, I know Cleary rested him or something like round 11 or 12 or something out of nowhere just for the sake of giving him a rest and, and looking after his body. So, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see him drop out at all. But, again, it's all purely speculative. Speculative, Boys, let's move into the bold predictions of the week. We'll recap last week's. Uh, you'll be pleased to know that we haven't gotten any better, Adam. Desi Creek, Cook, 120-plus. That was a fail. Not a mile off, but not great. Brian Toto, one twenty plus. That was a big fail. Ponga sub seventy, another enormous fail. Um, oh, not enormous actually. He was about thirteen off. Whilst you had Cam Murray to go one ten plus, it's a fail. But far out. If it wasn't for Josh Jackson being the low keyest strongest bloke in the NRL, he would have had about one hundred and forty. Yeah, um, he went close. He held him up twice. Like when he was in for all money, it nearly killed me watching it. Mate, you had Jai Field 90-plus, which was a big fail. Um, mate, the fact that the Broncos stood up to that game, I, I don't know how that happened, but no good there. And Tommy Turbo, 130-plus. So you were close. You're only about 120 off there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I had uh, Cody Walker, 110-plus, fail. <laughs> Jesus. Mitchy Moses, 90-plus, which was a fail. I think it was about 83, so not too far off, but still no good. Uh, and then I had an offer to go sub-40, so I got that one. He only ended up on about 25, and I didn't actually play him in my 17 last week, so very happy to see that one come through. This week, we'll start with Desi Creek, who's, who's sent in his bold predictions because, let's be fair, they're not bold predictions if Desi doesn't have a crack at it. He's got Sonny Bill Williams to score a try. She's had to get the old Roosters bloody pen fired up. Brian Toto to go 120-plus. He's hanging for that one to happen. Uh, he has got – then he's got the Kuma Stallions to win Supercoach. Look, mate, if I've ever wanted one to come through, that's it. So there's Desi's three for the week, and I hope he goes three from three. Um, Spy, I'll go to you, mate. What have you got for the week? Well, I've actually forgotten to do them. So on the fly here, I'm going to knock out one. I'm going to go Payne Haas. Kalen Ponga and James Tedesco to combine for 300 plus three of the super coach studs just to line up in grand final week and get the job done. And I'm going to throw one in because we never get them all right. I've only got two. I'm going to look after your, your brother, Sammy Williams there, Tim, and say he's going to score sub 30 with the goal kicking, uh, which means in theory, he should get a hundred plus cause I'll, I'll never get two from two. That's my two for the week. <laughs> I like it, mate. I love the line of thinking. Whilst, what have you got? I'm going to go Katoni Staggs, 100 plus. Um, yes. Teddy, 120 plus. I'm going to go, and two Warriors I like. I like Adam Pompey, 80 plus. And, yeah. and 
Elias Katoa coming back from injury. I like him 80-plus as well. So, And my fifth one, mate, I'm going hard, is Kuma Stallions, mighty Kuma Stallions to win the 2020 NRL Supercoach. Come on, the Stallions. The heart and soul of Group 16 up the Stallions. Um, I've got the uh, – mate, I'm liking these predictions more and more as we go, um, particularly to hear, to, particularly to hear the spy say Sam's going to get sub-30. That fills me with confidence. Stags and has to go 200-plus for me. I've got Jerome Luai to go 100-plus, but that was set before Matty Burton was named on the bench, so I'm a little bit uh, sceptical of that one. Uh, and then this one is – I'm pretty wishful thinking against that Storm outfit, but a big one for me would be Zach Lomax sub-40, um, which I'm not sure if that's even possible against the Storm lineup that's been named. But fingers crossed for a low one from Zachy Lomax because he killed me last weekend. That's it, Timo. Yeah. So, so I was going to butt in. I'm going to add in Luai as well because I wanted him for 100 plus. We'll just say on the proviso he plays more than 70 minutes, but lock me down for number three there. That's it, mate. Cover all bases. <laughs> uh, as mentioned earlier in the show, guys, we're pleased to welcome Brett Oaten Solicitors as our sponsor for the podcast. Brett provides intellectual property and business advice to the entertainment, media, and startup industries. For more than 20 years, Australia's leading entrepreneurs and creatives have relied on Brett and his team to help their businesses grow. Uh, if you are keen to discuss Brett's services, contact him through brettoaten.com.au. You can see a list of his clients there, and there's a special discount for SC Playbook listeners, which is super cool. Brett's firm is proud to support innovative startups, startups like AudioCraft, Parlor Gigs, and Disco, among many others. So go on and check him out. Uh, guys, continuing on with the round 20 teams, we go to the Sharks and the Raiders. Big game here in, you know, in the sense that there's about four first graders playing in it. At the Sharks, sorry, that's 5.30pm at Jubilee Stadium on Saturday. At the Sharks, Wade Graham swaps to the halves with Sean Johnson injured. Nene McDonald replaces Sione Katoa on the wing. Mwene Harodi replaces Josh Dugan at centre. And Teague Wilton takes Royce Hunt's spot on the bench. At the Raiders, absolute carnage with mass restings. Adam Cook replaces Chance at fullback. Harley Smith-Shield and Matt Tomoko with a new centre pairing with Croak and Rapana out. Matty Frawley and Sammy Williams form a new halves pairing with Jack Whiten and George Williams rested. John Bateman and Elliot Whitehead are out. Hudson Young and Corey Harawira and Naira are the new back row pairing. Um, Big Papa, Joey Tapping are out. Sia Soliola returns from injury at prop. Sleeva Havili at lock, Tom Starling at hooker, Kai O'Donnell and debutants Darby Medlin and Jared Sublu are the new names on the bench. Jesus, a lot going on there. Probably could have saved myself a little bit of time. Uh, a shout-out to Sammy Williams, who actually will captain the side this weekend. He hasn't played a game in first grade all year, um, but he's been given a chance. He's been at the club for a long time now. He's in his third stint. I think he debuted there about 10 years ago. Uh, and Sam's been a, a Raiders diehard supporter since he was about three years old. So it'd be a pretty special moment for him. And actually on top of that, he's, he's somehow, he's in his debut year of Supercoach. He's jagged a spot in the SC Playbook League Grand Final. I've no idea how, but um, he's had a couple of big wins over the Spy this year, which he was tickled about. Um, but yeah, so a big weekend for, for the Sammy Williams between captaining an NRL club and, and being in the SC Playbook Grand Final. So good luck to him. Um, as far as Supercoach notes go, lads, I don't think there's anything to touch on at all in this. Wales, can you find anything? Uh, no, not really. I mean, all I'd say is um, there are some teams that have got trades left um, and possibly uh, CSC for Talakai. I mean, I've been impressed with him and the run mm. he's been on and he's definitely yeah. one I'll be looking at next year, particularly if he's dual positions. So, 
Yeah, but apart from that, I mean, I, I really like what Stewart's done, like with resting his players like this. Um, I mean, every possibility that if – I think it's definite if Para win, then this will be the knockout semifinal next week. The Raiders will play the Sharks at, um, at Canberra. Um, so really, what's the point? Um, and then uh, there's every chance that this side could jag a win against the Sharks as well. They're not really that – they're not going really that flash. So even if they if they jag a win and then Tigers, I give a good opportunity to beat the Eels. Um, so, yeah, you never know. They might get into that four spot as well. Well, that's it, mate. The um, Yeah, the only sort of – probably the, the key super coach point of note is, yeah, that is if the Raiders do knock off the Sharks, you know, it might end up having to be by sort of 12 points or so. And then Para do you get – well, regardless, Para go into that game needing to win it to secure that top four spot. Um, which would be massive for, you know, any Ryan Madison owners, owners, Junior Paulo owners and whatnot, because if the Sharks do win and the power are playing for nothing, um, you'd have to think early spells for those sort of guys. Um, Spy, anything to add to that one? I was going to mention Talakai as well, boys, in serious form. Obviously, the Raiders are not as strong as they normally are with all those young debutants. So he's someone you might want to take a shot at if you've got trades. I've got one trade left myself and a back row spot to fill. So maybe I'll throw him in and see what he can do. He's scored a couple of big scores of late and he can play a bit of footy. Yeah, good shout, mate. Having uh, having SJ out is a killer to him because they've been – I mean, whoever the back rower is playing outside SJ just has a field day. He, he makes life so good for them. Um, but regardless, with the back line – well, with the, the line that um, they've named the Raiders, you know, you'd have to think Talakai's a huge chance at some attacking points at the moment. Moving on to the Tigers and Eels at 7.35 p.m. on Saturday at Bankwest Stadium at the Tigers – Luke Brooks returns in the halves with Josh Reynolds out. Tommy Talao replaces Joey Layla at centre. Alex Twole returns from illness at lock with Matt Eisenhuth going to the bench and Tom McKayley moving to prop for the injured Josh Alloway. Luke Garner starts in the back row with Sam McIntyre out, while Elijah Taylor, Sean Bloor and Michael Cheekham join the bench with Russell Packer and Jacob Little dropping out. <coughs> at the Eels, Junior Paulo and Sean Lane are back in the starting club with Kane Evans and Andrew Davey reverting to the bench. Guys, a, a little... Uh, Quick side story of me from last weekend. It was a stressful weekend at times, but no more so than I think it was Saturday. Saturday about two twenty, I, I had a two front row spots that I needed to fill. Um, ever since trading out Pat Carrigan a, a while back for front rowers, Papali went down, AFB went down. Um, I thought my bad luck in the front row was done. Anyway, I've traded in Daniel Saifiti and Alex Tawol at the ver- as late a minute as I could because I had involvements in that game regarding the trades. Fair dinkum. Three minutes after I made the trades, I was on Twitter and the Tigers put out a post that Tawol was out with illness. So I copped Tom Ayle as an auto-emergency. Um, it was just absolutely savage. But, again, I'm not in a position to cl- complain this year even though I've just done it. So I, I shouldn't be whinging too much. Um, what Enjoy, mate. A few, a few super coach points of interest in this one. Um, David Nofaluma getting named after looking to have a bit of an injury last weekend is a big one. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I give, uh, from an NRL point of view, I reckon they're quite good value, the West Tigers. Um, they're definitely scoring a lot of points, and the Eels are struggling to score points. Like, I know it was wet and not ideal conditions, but I wasn't convinced by them. Uh, last week against the Broncos, against like a Broncos side that was pretty <coughs> Um 
I think the Tigers are a good chance. Uh, it, you know, the Eels will be looking to sharpen sharpen themselves up a little bit. Yeah, Noff is a big one, but most people have Noffa, you know, like you wouldn't be bringing him in if you didn't have him. Um, yeah, I think most people have traded out Harry Grant. Um, yeah, obviously, Timmy, as you said, you got Twal, which might end up being pretty good. He's been generally splitting time with Matt Eisenhuth, but hopefully um, with Zane Musgrove in there, he might not play big minutes and Eisenhuth might take up there. What, you, what you're probably looking for is Jacob Little to come onto the yep. bench, I guess. So Absolutely. Yeah. If, um, yep. Yeah, if Little can come onto that bench, which you'd think is a pretty good chance, particularly, I mean, I mean, on all reports, Harry Grant should be going back to the Storm next year anyway. You know, they probably want to get another 30 minutes into Little, who's had an inter- another interrupted season with injury. Um, this might be all just wishful thinking coming from me. But I think you're right. Eisenhuth, I think, slots into the front row. Twole having the week off, provided he's feeling all right. I think he should play pretty decent minute. But, I mean, at the moment, they do have four forwards on the bench. So it'll be really interesting to see how that, that final bench is come game time. Yeah, um, and what they have done, Timmy, the last few weeks, the Tigers is um, they'll bring – Little on with say twenty or thirty to go, and then they'll play Harry Grant at lock, um, which is not ideal for for Twal. But we'll just see how it plays out. You know, you've always got injuries as well because Twal can push into the front row. Mm, that's it, mate. Fingers crossed. Um, Spy, anything to add? Yeah, I think Nofaluma will have a reasonable day out, boys. Um, it's a good attacking surface. Bank West, you see a lot of running footy. He'll probably have about twenty-five hit-ups and and do the rest. So he'll be locked in for really nice base points and. Doesn't even need to score to go okay. Um, on to the Eels. Micah Sevo, ever since Jai Field came in at 5'8", not a surprise. We're just not getting any quality ball, um, as he did when Dylan Brown was there. Gutho still links up with him at times, and he'll probably get some extra attacking chances against the Tigers, just because they have been pretty frail defensively of late. Um, but I think a lot of us, if you do own Sevo like myself, you're probably forced to play him this week anyway, just because of the lack of numbers. Madison and Brown are interesting watchers, depending on the minutes of what they get as well as junior polo we've touched on that but again we're probably limited in our options if you own them you're probably playing them anyway not many of us have the luxury of sitting guys this week but if you do you can sort of have a think about that um and two things don't surprise me there wilson thinks the tigers are a red hot shot gee you love them this year mate (laughs) They um you and you were right though they put fifty points on a couple of sides albeit weaker teams earlier in the year and one of my best mates is a diehard tiger so I kind of get around him for him and we were both pretty excited but gee they've fallen off a cliff pretty badly pretty disappointing really actually considering what they were throwing up earlier in the year so hopefully they can finish it well for Benji but if Para are on at Bank West gee their defence worries me a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Actually, it's it's funny. Like don't, some of them games on the Saturday, there was two games that went over sixty points, and there and the third game went over fifty points. I mean, you rarely see that. So, I mean, I, I don't know if you'd expect similar this week, but um, all I would say, boys, is particularly in SuperCoach, um, we've probably uh, brushed over it a little bit, but a lot won't have a 5'8", because Munster would have been the main 5'8", and then uh, there would have been a number of teams that would have held Johnson, and Johnson done his Achilles as well. So that would have been two of the major 5'8s, and it's a pretty skinny position when you look at it now with players being rested and injured. Um, these two 5'8s, I think they're both decent shouts, like Benji Marshall and Jai Field in a game like this, probably 
Jai Field more so. But Benji Marshall, you know, if you think about how the Tigers have been scoring a lot of their tries over the last couple of weeks, it's been that long ball to um, Askew Kapoa. And to be fair to Benji, he's put a couple he's put a couple out there on his chest and he's dropped them cold, the lad. There was one there was a kick that went through to him from Benji, I think, as well, and and he dropped that as well. Or maybe that was from Harry Grant. But I mean, He's bombed. He's bombed four or five tries. The that young kid on the left wing. If he catches them, he he could score three or four tries this weekend. Absolutely. Although I think the yeah. I think the Eels will be up defensively because they got finals next week. They were pretty good against Penrith two weeks ago, so it may not be as easy. But you're right. While Spengy's in some really nice form, especially with the ball in hand at the moment. Yeah. Moving on to the Warriors and Seagulls, Sunday, 2 p.m. at Central Coast Stadium at the Warriors. Plenty going on, as usual, with Peter Hiku dropping to fullback after a hamstring injury to Captain Roger Tuovasa-Shek. Paddy Herbert returns on the wing. Hayes Perham shifts to centre. Isaiah Papali'i starts to prop with Tohu Harris at second row alongside the returning Eliasa Katoa. Jack Murch has been bumped to the bench. Jermaine Tanua-Brown returns on the interchange with Tom Ayle, the auto-emergency worry, and Josh Curran, the two to drop off. At the Seagulls, fullback Tom Trebojevic is out. Tevita Funa drops to the back. Ruben Garrick returns from injury on the wing. Got to be a chance he takes the goal kicking off DCE, but I don't know which way that'll go. Abbas Miski starts on the other wing with Albert Hopawade dropping to the interchange. Taniela Paseka starts at prop with Morgan Boyer reverting to the pine. Corey Waddell starts in the second row. Jack Kazuski is out. Homolo Olakatoa is the new face on the bench. So a lot of stuff going on there. Um, and probably the one to watch out for, although it may not affect teams too much in terms of their 17, because not many of us have that many players playing, is uh, Jazz Tavanga went off with another HIA last weekend, which he did fail. He's had a few in recent weeks, so um, he's going to have to pass concussion protocol with a seven-day turnaround to play in that one, which, I mean, you'd have to question it. But, I mean, again, I'm writing this as a, a non-Tavanga owner, so there's a lot of bias in what I'm saying. Walsh, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, I hope for you, Timmy, that he doesn't play. I mean, as a Warriors supporter, I hope he plays because I love the way that Chaz plays, and he's one of those blokes you love watching. Um, I think I think it'd be good to watch um, Eliasa Katoa come back out too. I, like again, non-supercoach related, I think they're unbelievable value. The Warriors, like for them to be, well, I think they're maybe two fifty or something like that. They might be the bet of the week because the Seagulls lose Tommy Trebojevic, who had a shocker last week, I realise, but they've been absolutely woeful in defence. Um, you know, yeah, they've, they've scored a few points. They've been pretty much like the Tigers. I mean, if even if the momentum's going their way, you know, the Seagulls, oh, I don't think they've won a game for a long time. I might be wrong. I might have missed a week or something, but I, I think they've lost. Does anyone know how many games they've lost in a row? Well, I'm, I'm not, not sure, sure maybe. I know their defence has been woeful of late. Oh, it's been terrible. I think they've lost maybe like you know, like seven or eight games straight, but I might have missed a week, like I said. Oh, you know, I, oh, sorry, they beat the Bulldogs. They did beat the Bulldogs a couple of weeks ago, but before that they lost, they probably lost six or seven games straight. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I can't see them beating the Warriors. But in, in terms of Supercoach, yeah, it, there's, there's not a lot. You know, you'd, you'd be hoping that by this time the Kerma Stallions would be, you know, on their Mad Monday and silly <laughs> just be celebrating the win. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think uh, my side uh, will be pretty well wrapped up by this point of the weekend, I'd say, pending a few things that might, st- might happen. But 
I think I'll have a, a pretty rough idea of where I'm at come Sunday 2 p.m. Um, Spy, what do you anything to add here, mate? There, there's not probably too much else to cover aside from Daly Cherry Evans, who, who's probably a maybe a <coughs> sneaky captain option, I guess, if, if you're looking for late points and chasing some ground in your grand finals. Yeah, I've got that's definitely an option. Um, first of all, imagine the arrogance of the Kuma Stallions celebrating the title with two games left on a Sunday. <laughs> imagine it. <laughs> um, I'm sure that won't happen. The nerves will be very high, but um, <clears throat> it's a good thought, Wells. Hopefully, he's in a good position. The only one I'd suggest <clears throat> this is a bit of a flyer if you're in a head to head league, a grand final, and you've got maybe one trade left but not much money. You could potentially look at Cody Nicarima. Manly's defence, as we said, has been very poor lately. He does have good scores in him. It's a Sunday afternoon game. So if you're sort of stuck in a position where you don't know who to get, maybe he's worth a fire. He may only score you 30, but honestly, he could go off against Manly at any point and score you anywhere between like 65 and 110 if you need to take that risk. But that's sort of something that just jumps out at me from a game that might be a little bit attacking there. Yeah. Um, moving on to the – where are we here? We're up to the final game of the round in the Dragons and Storm, Sunday 4 p.m. at Jubilee Stadium. Uh, at the Dragons, Jaden Sullivan debuts in the halves alongside the returning Adam Clune with Ben Hunt suspended and Corey Norman dropped. <clears throat> Max Fiaghi starts on the wing. Jordan Pereira is out. Eddie Blacker, shout out to the West Devils, which he is a junior of, my club down in the gong. Uh, he's been handed his debut on the bench while Ewan Aitken returns at centre for Braden with the Army. Jacob Host is back in the second row. Tarek Sims moves to the bench and Torrell Fumiono is out while Blake Laurie starts with Kate Ellis benched. Um, it's a fair dinkum essay in its own, the storm changes. So all I'm going to say on that is that Smith's out, Munster's out, Kafusi Hughes, Adokar, Olam, every man and his dog basically. Um, lad. Aside from the fact that Munster and Smith are out, which is a massive blow for people, Cam McInnes is thankfully there. He would have been a chance at a big rest this week, minutes-wise at least, if Ben Hunt was available. But with Hunt gone, he's had to slot back in at hooker, which is good news for McInnes owners, which is the majority of us. Um, but, lads, break it to me as nicely as you can. Zach Lomax in this one, what are your thoughts, Wiles? Yeah, I mean, he's always a chance, um, Zach Lomax, because he's just playing such great footy and, yeah, what they're doing is um, similar to what uh, DCE and Turbo would do is um, like he chases bombs and gets up in the air and contests them, and he's really, he's really, really good, and he did it last week. And like you said, he, he burnt you a little bit. Um, has first got Lomax, Timmy, do you know? Oh, here's a story, a heartbreak story, not for me, but for the poor bugger oh, off yeah. Uh, Last week, he led by 210 points going into the round. Uh, he played Nofaluma over Zach Lomax in his centres, oh, which, wow. which cost him 100 points. And, you know, it depends on how things pan out. Who knows what it will cost him. But well, I thought that was a really bold play anyway. Um, and then the poor bugger also went um, Teddy to Turbo. So, I mean, you know, you, you can't criticise him for doing that, but it just didn't pan out for you him. you got a feel for him. So that's just – that's nasty. <laughs> Yeah, so he still got Lomax. Like he still he still had him, but he he played him in his non-playing reserves. That we saying last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, that'll be a bit of a sweat for you because I mean, obviously, there's a lot of blokes behind that that can challenge for it. I mean, if you're within a hundred, maybe a hundred and fifty of the lead, you'd probably be a chance. I'd say um, 
anything over a hundred, you'd yeah, you'd have to pull something pretty special out. I'd say, but um, if you're within a hundred of the lead, I think you're you're in with a chance. And um, yeah, obviously, with all your players or most of your players having played by this time, except for McInnes, which everyone would have, Lomax is going to be a pretty big one. So yeah, I mean, he's capable, mate. Like he's capable of going anywhere from fifty to you know, 120 and just you just hope that you got a, you've got enough lead where you don't have to worry about it too much. But um, in saying that, you know, the Melbourne Storm, I'll say this about the Melbourne Storm, is they don't give away, you know, NRL debuts um, at their club lightly. So even if you look through their side, every player in that side has played for Melbourne or, you know, if you take Ricky Latelli who's coming back and he's a seasoned veteran from Cronulla and he's come back from the Wolfpack and that, but every single player has debuted except for number 17, Aaron Penne, who's a good player. He's a really good young player coming through. So what they what they generally do is they, they keep you at the club for one, two, three years and they make you learn the system. And you saw it with Harry Grant. These blokes are going to be able to play. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be keen for their opportunity. So, again, you know, I know that the, the Dragons have been smashed in from, you know, eight bucks to five bucks or something, but I still reckon the Storm, just their professionalism and the players that they've got out there, they'll, they'll win this game. So I wouldn't be getting too carried away with Zach Lomax, but, yeah, he is capable He's shown that all year. Like the Dragons have gone really ordinary and he's been able to put up decent scores. So, Yeah, that's it. And it's, and if it was any other club in the NRL who did these mass restings, I'd be terrified. But you nailed it on the head, mate, that the Storm are notorious for their, their systems coming all the way through from, you know, their 16s to 18s in the mats and SG ball all the way throughout the first grade. The fact that these blokes, I, I know that generally it's blokes come in to a full-strength team, but they just they know their roles. They've been in the system for so long that they know how to execute their moves. Their defensive cohesion is quite good. Um, so that fills me with a little bit of confidence. But, well, I mean, it, it's going to be a nervous watch regardless come Sunday afternoon. Lads, let's move on to our round 19 trades and captaincy options. Spy, I'll start with you, mate. I think you've got one left. Uh, what are your plans? Yeah, I was going to keep that trade up trade up the sleeve, mate. I'll have a little play around probably tonight and tomorrow. Um I could get Tedesco in, but I think it throws my balance out a little bit. I might be better off getting a back rower or maybe bringing in a centre. Um, honestly, mate, options are wide open at the moment. I'll, I'll have a look. In the spirit of this season, I've sort of gone a little bit rogue the last two weeks. I brought in Tommy last week. I played Nico Hines. Shout out to Nico, by the way. He looked after me. Tommy had a shocker. Nico went off. <laughs> um, bit of Saturday Arvo viewing made it more exciting. So I'll probably, I might do something a little bit left field like Talakai, uh, but I'll have a look at things, mate. Nice, mate. Um, Walsh, you've got a couple of trades up your sleeve. Yeah, I do, mate. Yeah, because I haven't really been um, following it that closely lately. But um, I'm going to – I did bring in Tommy Trebojevich last week, so I'm obviously trading him out, bringing Teddy back in, and which was probably my plan anyway. Um, and then um, got to go and I'm bringing in Drinky, actually. I reckon he'll go okay against the Bronx. Exciting. Whoa, wait, that is a, a Hail Mary, but hey, like end of the season, why not? Just go for it. Me and Walsh are just freewheeling. It's great value. There's no pressure on. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Timmy, the top you, 10 are listening, hey. mate. Are you going to tell us your trades? Or? Hell no. No chance. <laughs> I'll, 
I tinkered with the idea of not telling him from about a month ago, and I thought it was just stupid and a waste of time because I'd be one HIA away from being 50th, and now that I'm second, there's no chance of it. So, so um, Sammy Williams captain, or what are we thinking? That was, yeah, that was fighting on Twitter Sammy before. Didn't. Sammy's in and he's skipper, so there, yeah. there's my trade. I'd suggest <laughs> everyone does the same. I think he was telling Tim earlier he's up for a big one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Spy, who, who are your captains? <clears throat> Um, again, I'll have a bit of a look close to the weekend. I'll probably do something. At the moment, I'm sort of having a look at the things that give me the most excitement just for the last week or two because I can't win it. So it's been a bit, a bit of a disappointing year. So it's more about just enjoying the footy. So on that note, I'm very likely just to follow you, Timo. So I'll try to get Tedesco back in and captain him and maybe stick the VC on. Even Payne Haas could have a big one, I think. So have a look at that. But options, I'm just keeping the options open close to the weekend, boys. Yeah, nice, mate. Uh, Walsh, your skipper? Oh, I think you'd have to VC Payne Haas and Captain Tedesco, mate. I know it's pretty vanilla, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it seems to have opened up for both of them in this in this last week. Yeah, like it. Yeah, I've, um, I've got the VC on Jackson Paulo and the C on Sam Williams. So yeah, like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, Guys, if you if you have enjoyed the podcast and all the content we've produced this year, and we're in a position to uh, to contribute and support the site, SC Playbook, uh, we do have a donation tab in the story holding the podcast on the website. So feel free to do that. Uh, but absolutely no drums. If not, we love putting it all together. Guys, we'll wrap up with a few questions and then we'll finish up the episode. We'll start with one from Peter Gaffer who says, "Good luck." This ooh, one of his related to Matt Gaffer, the Canberra is great. Probably not. Good luck to Tim this week. Thank you, mate. It's been awesome listening to the podcast all year. You and the boys have been great. My question for next year, what mistake will you be trying to avoid come round one 2021? Spy, what's that for you? Is there a lesson you've learned this year that you've gone, all right, I'll come back bigger and you know what? There hasn't been anything major. Just a series of little things early on hurt me. I'm gonna actually sit down with you, mate, once the season's done, and just have a look at our seasons and what went wrong. And I know pretty much in one what it was. Uh, one was I was a little bit impatient on uh, Zachy Lomax. I dropped him after round one. If you cast your mind back, he had about four runs in the opening match at fullback against the Tigers, and I knew there were guys I wanted to get in, so I made the move. And that's obviously just been an absolute dagger in my soul but um you get that and also i sold kurt man a little bit early as well after talking him up all pre-season i had him for four or five weeks but i thought again i had to move on to someone i was i thought was going to have a big season and man kept going off but the big one and i know where our seasons change was we're talking on the podcast about around four or something after one of the fullbacks got hurt and we had to decide who to bring in tommy turbo or james tedesco I decided that based on the previous year's numbers, I was going to bring in Tommy Turbo and captain him on a Thursday night. And I think Walson did the same from memory because it was a heartache weekend. And you were adamant that Teddy was the man. And I decided to go against you and have regretted it ever since because Teddy scored 199. And I would have had him as captain if I hadn't chosen Tommy. So it worked out to be like 260 clear points in one oh. match that it cost me and about 150k of money. So from there, you skyrocketed it and I flatlined a little bit and I think that's where our season's changed. So lesson-wise, I don't know what comes out of that. There's a bit to ponder, but <laughs> I know exactly where it went wrong and that was that weekend and it's been uphill battle ever since just trying to maintain my side, I'll tell you what. It's, yeah, it's a good one, mate. Good one to point out because that's the one I sort of look back on and go, that's where I really got launching. I, 
I didn't start the year with Teddy at his price, but I did get him at that same price before, I think, his first price rise. And that's when he went out of control and people couldn't justify spending on him until he got to about 900K and kept turning up. Um, so that one, that's, that's the one I was And um, sure. actually, before I let you go, Wells, um, I also dropped Ponga about round three when he got suspended for a week. I can't remember who I brought in, but again, I made a bit of an attacking move and Ponga came back the week after and scored 160-odd versus the Raiders. So two of my favourite players in the NRL I didn't have for those two weeks and it absolutely killed me. So anyway, get the right fullbacks in 2021. That's it. (laughs) Whilst, was there anything that you look back on and go, all right, never again, I'll, I'll learn from this lesson? Oh, I don't ever say never again, but there's a fair few things that I learned. I think the biggest mistake I made, and I spoke about it pretty early, and it put me out of contention pretty early, was um, I, I, I liked Chanel Harris-Tavita um, on the back of goal kicking and Warriors to go well early and uh, Roger Tuovasa-Shek. Now, it's hard to be too critical of myself for that because – RTS was one of the reasons that I was up there the year before, but I probably should have had a look at the roster and, you know, in probably if I look, you know, it was a bit wishful thinking there. Um, so I think I actually think the Warriors will be pretty good to start the year with Fanua Blake and some of the signings they've made. So that may help me, but I'll probably just try to be a bit more objective. Um, yeah. My favourite team, which is all <laughs> yeah. you're doing footy teaming in that. Um, but also left out, yeah, like I didn't like Lomax and I didn't like Luau and those cheapies that really kicked on, they hurt you. you got to have them, you know, like you've got to have them at some stage throughout the year to either earn you the money or get you the points and um, I didn't nail them, you know, like I, I, I wasn't convinced that Luau would remain at 580, stayed there all year, he's played really scored really well and Lomax well you know he was touted as a fullback then he got moved to the wing then he got moved to the centers so I, I, yeah I don't want to be I, I wouldn't be too harsh on myself because that that one's sort of I think people lucked out a little bit with that one but there's no doubt that he's a marquee super coach player now so yeah I've learned a few lessons there probably the other one is I got really high on Kalen Ponga when he killed it um, upon return from coronavirus, and I thought, oh, he's going to do this every week. Now, I think you can do that when you look at, say, a Teddy and that, and, you know, they're not going to, no one's ever going to do it every week, but the better sides like Melbourne and Roosters are consistently going to put out performances. Newcastle, to me, when you say never again, I'd never again count on Newcastle being a consistently good side every week. Um, I, I just don't. I don't think they're there. Maybe they will be there next year, and you know that'll prove my downfall. But um, it's burnt me a couple of times in the past. Yeah, we. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you are glad that you touched on your, your unwavering loyalty to the Warriors and, and even probably a few players that you had in from last year that helped you come second because you're too good a bloke and too loyal to them and it probably cost you early on, as you said. So, well, I got Katoa, you know, like I got I got Elias Katoa, yeah. and I, you know. <laughs> Like I did, I did do some good things, you know. Like I got Noff. Um, just, just too many. I probably went a bit too left field, you know. Like whereas you've got to, you've got to get those mainstream players that everyone's going to have that score well, and I missed them. And by the time I worked out who they were, it was like, shit. I'm gonna. It's going to take me, you know, eight to ten to get these players in. 
I also think, boys, it was the kind of year where if you fell behind a little bit or something went wrong, it was really hard to claw back, whereas other seasons you've got state of origin, buys and all the rest. But if you didn't sort of start hot, it really it made it difficult, I thought. Yeah. I'll, I'll cut you off there, Spy, because we'll cover all this in next week's uh, podcast true, and, true. and and we'll, we'll go into detail about it all and, and what we've learned and what you can take going into next year's season. But, um, I mean, interesting points anyway to bring up. Moving on to a question from Rod Solomon. Uh it's a draft question, which I'm stoked about. We don't get enough draft questions on here, and we're happy to help out on that. We're all draft players. His question for his grand final is, is it worthwhile playing Dane Gagai or Alex Johnson? If so, who? And pick one of the two if you had to. Wells? Oh, that's tough. That is tough. Um, I think Johnson's more likely to score, um, but I like Gagai you know, as a super coach prospect. So I, I'd probably lean towards Gagai. I've been keen on Gagai all, we, all year, particularly the back half of the year. But the problem is they're playing Roosters. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think either of them are necessarily great plays this week. But um, if you had to choose one of them, maybe go Gagai. Yeah, and, and I think he's saying that – but the fact that he says it worthwhile playing either of these guys – suggest that maybe there's other options. So, yeah, if you can avoid it, probably avoid playing them. The big thing will be that I, <clears throat> I've i struggled with all year, particularly when I, in my draft stars teams, is just the bunnies chopping and changing edges between Gagai, Campbell Graham, their wingers. Um, it's been really hard to get a gauge on um, who plays where. So keep an eye out, out for that. Um, but, Spy, if you had to go Gagai or Johnson this week, who would it be? Yeah, to be honest, I'll be having a look at the free agents list and the waiver wire to see if you could nab someone else um, with an easier lineup. But if you had to choose one, you'd probably go Gagai just because his base will be better. So hopefully he knocks out that 25-30 at least for you. And then the fact he loves to catch and just run, he might just dummy and go to Alex Johnson and get you a try if you're lucky, but not big on either option if you can if you can avoid it. Yeah. Uh, there's one from Adam Thompson here we've touched on a little bit, but... He says chucking the C on Haas in his grand finally due to not having chucking the C on Haas in my grand finally due to his opponent not having him. Uh, I believe he's due. Uh, guys, what do you reckon? The straight C on Payne Haas Thursday night. Opponent doesn't have him. Walls. Oh, I prefer Teddy, um, but yeah, yeah, go for it. I mean, it, it, like if your opponent doesn't have him, you you're going to get the advantage of those points anyway, but if you believe that he's going to equal or outscore Teddy and you, or maybe he doesn't have Teddy, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I prefer Teddy against South Sydney because I, I don't think South really have that good a defence. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm just looking at the the bench for the Broncos now. They've got Jamil Hopawade, who's an edge, Corey Oates, who's an edge and certainly won't play big minutes off the bench. Ben Teo, who will play in the middle. Then Corey Pax, who's a hooker. So, I mean, the, the fact that Haas is coming off uh, a week off, he'll be fresh and ready to go. Oh, I think he plays 80 minutes this week, I'll be honest. And if not, I think 70. So, um, I like the shout. Um, Spy, would you be doing it? Yeah, it really depends on the lineup and if you think you need that sort of advantage. Um, the last thing you want to do is lock in Haas for a nice captaincy of 80-85 and then your opponent come over the top of you with a monster score from Teddy or Ponga or someone like that. Um, I'd VC if you can. Um, but in saying that, I don't hate it, uh, but I like the advantage of the fact you own him. If he can just knock out 85, it's a really nice start to the weekend, and then you can pick your skipper as you go on. So I'd probably lean against it, but certainly don't let that deter you if you want to lock him in, because I think he will have a really big game. 
Yeah, that's it. I, I think the big thing there is if you look at your, your side compared to your oppositions and you think you've got the upper hand and he'll need a bit of luck to beat you, mate, you can lock in a, a pretty safe sort of 75 to 90 points there, potential for more if he gets some attack. So um, I think that, that might decide it. Um, lads, that's all for tonight. Um, cheers for that, Spy. Thank you, mate. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Wiles. Hey, thanks, Spy. Thanks, Timmy. Go to the Kuma Stadium. Come on, boys. Boys, just quickly, I'm getting... I'm just going to give you a quick story to finish. I started the season with a win in Moneyball on a $2 game and got about $800. That was definitely the peak of my season, by the way. <laughs> but this weekend, with all the team changes, I thought I'd have a crack at, crack at a $3 multi. So I put in the Dogs, Saints and the Sharks, and it's paying about, at the time, 300 to 1. And I'm looking around that eight nine hundred dollar mark again. If you have a look at the odds now, Sharks are favourites, Saints are favourites. So I need Penrith to rest a few more blokes, and we might be able to end the season on a high again. So keep an eye out for that. The spy started with a bang. He's looking to finish with a bang. Hopefully, the mighty Stallions do the same. All right, thanks for tuning in, guys. <laughs>